Okay, well, let's get started uh, in our parenting class in here. So anybody that's going to be on the, the panel that we talked to, you can come on up. There's Scott, Jex's, Aldrin's. I think we're good then. And there should be a few microphones spread around. Uh, Debbie, Debbie would be up here as well, but she's, she got sick the last couple of days. And so Scott is doing double duty. Uh, but he said he is ready to, to give her answers, is I think what he, what he said. So, speaking for her. So... Um, just as a heads up, too, we're, we're going to be trying to adjust the sound in here so that it's loud enough for you guys to hear, but not overpowering for the other class that's in there. And so it might take a week or so for us to kind of tweak this and get it right. Uh, so be, be patient as we're, we're trying to be flexible. So um, let, me, uh, let me just begin by, by praying, though. Lord, we, we do pray. We, we recognize that the task of parenting is important. Uh, and, and often difficult in a variety of ways, and we can learn from others. And so I pray that this would be a morning that we could do just that. We could, we could learn from, from some other parents and their experiences, and that you'd use that in a, in a helpful way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So just a, a few kind of opening comments. So we, uh, this is our second time doing a, a panel in this, in this class. We did one earlier related to discipline, and now we're doing this one related to instruction, although it can range more broadly than that. And the idea is just to bring some experienced parents to be able to, to hear from how they've walked through this. But, but I want you to notice a couple things. By experienced, we don't mean, like, perfect, and, and we don't want them to feel like the pressure of, like, uh, but we know our parenting isn't perfect. It, n- none of ours is. So we're not expecting perfection. And or even like expertise in one sense. Uh, just parents that have been in the trenches and have been trying to bring their kids up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord in ways that we can get some ideas from them. We recognize Psalm 127.1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. God is the God of our kids' salvation. If they are truly saved, then it's, it's a work that God does in their hearts. Um, parents are to be faithful or to teach, but, but we're recognizing that even our best efforts fall short, and it's ultimately the Lord at work in their, in their lives. And so we want to recognize that even as we try to give practical answers, we're not assuming that it's our practical answers that ultimately change the heart. It's, it's God that does. Uh, but uh, we do want to hear from a variety of different panel members, and we tried to choose uh, a variety in terms of even how they've educated their kids. And so we've got, we've got one family that has homeschooled, or not homeschooled, uh, right here, uh, public school all, all throughout. Uh, we've got the Larkins that have done a mix of uh, homeschool, charter school, public school, and then we've got the Aldrins that have uh, almost exclusively homeschooled all the way through. And that's intentional because we didn't want to give the impression that the only way to raise godly kids is to homeschool or to public school or something that, that, that we're not so much focused on that as ways that whatever we do education-wise, we should continue to build in spiritually to our kids. So I'm going to let each family introduce themselves. We also have a couple high schoolers up here, and that was Lauren's suggestion, which I thought was wonderful, is to hear from some teens about kind of what it's, what it's been like in, in their home and what they've appreciated and learned from. And, and uh, so, so that's kind of the, the role that they'll play, and I'm very happy that they're here. So why don't you guys yeah, take a minute, introduce yourselves, and tell us a little bit about your family. Hello, I'm Angela Jex. I'm married to Benji Jex, and we have two boys, um, Caleb, who is a senior at Pocatello High School, and we have Carson, who is a junior at Pocatello High School. 
Oh, no, Scott has his own mic. Anything, yeah, anything yeah. you guys want to add? Otherwise, we'll just go to Scott. I'm Scott Larkin. Uh, my wife, Debbie, uh, she's sick today. Uh, but we homeschooled for about 10 years uh, with our kids, and then we put them uh, at a certain, certain age. We, we stuck them in. One started in junior high. One started in, in elementary and kind of in between. Um, and then uh, that was at a charter school, and then uh, they went on to Century High School. I'm Kristen Aldrin. We've homeschooled for, let's see, 18 years. Yep. And this is? Jillian. Hello. I'm 18. And I'm Lauren. I'm not talking for them today. (laughs) Thanks. So our questions will not primarily be about education methods, although that might pop up a little bit. But but uh, just kind of want to know a little bit about their, their background as we ask these. So, uh, like we did at our last panel, uh, I've got a series of questions that I prepared, and Lauren and I have kind of bounced back and forth, and we'll start with some of those, but then there'll be a chance for you guys to ask questions as, as well. Uh, there was a way for some questions to be submitted anonymously, and as of the last I looked, I didn't see any. So if I missed something, I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, but hopefully you feel, feel comfortable asking them uh, here. So all I'm going to start off with this question. Uh, how have you reinforced or interacted with what your kids have learned at church? So Sunday school, Awana, junior church, the sermon, various things. Uh, over the years, from when they're little to when they're bigger, what are some ways that you guys have tried to reinforce, interact, help them to apply that? And, and anybody can answer. I think what we've done is, you know, from an early age, we, as soon as we were starting to drive home from the church, we would start asking them questions. Um, we we believed like in 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 keeping our kids in in the sermon um you know even there even though there was junior church they were at a young age when they could write their name we were having them fill out the outline to the sermon they could read we knew that they could put it in and even though they weren't maybe following along we we felt like that was a good spiritual practice to put in place and so then over the years it's just sort of like kind of culminated to you know, hey, what did you learn at youth group? What are you What are you applying? What are the things that you are? You know, how does, how would this apply to your life? You know, what did, what did you did, did everything that Dan or Tom or Brad said? Does Does that make sense? Does it, do you have any questions? And so, that's they always said done. yes. It makes perfect yeah. sense. Yep, everything exactly. Dan yeah. said yeah. really clear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what we did. I mean, nothing special. Yeah. Thanks, Scott or Aldrin. Do you guys want to speak to that at all? Um. Same thing. I mean, for us, it was usually just around the dinner table. Our family is not a talkative family at all. And, you know, it's, what did you learn in Sunday school today? Jesus. <laughs> you know, can you expand on that? He, it's good. Um, and, and, and so with, with, with our uh, family, it was, if we had to be very intentional about asking questions because we're not a, a just open up and talk family. And so... Um, we would try, and for a while, the, the, the whole church was on a, a, when our kids were younger, a curriculum where the, the adult classes was the same as the high, high school class, the, the, the grade school class. So for, what, three years, I think it was, we went through a curriculum for the whole church. And so at that time, it was, you know, here's what we learned. What did you guys learn? And so we could ask some probative questions that way. Um, but it's usually just around the dinner table um, is where we would talk. Thanks, Scott. Aldrin, anything to add? In our family, no one ever stops talking. So 
we, we just have had opportunities over the years to discuss what it was. Um, the kids will have a question or we will question them. You know, what did you think about this? And what's, what's really nice is when we have someone, uh, one of our kids, come to us excited about what they learned and then uh, take the time. It wasn't that long ago that, that Samuel came up to me and I was, I was you know, at work. I was at my computer. I work from home. I'm right there in the, in the flow of things. And he came over and he was excited about what he had learned on Wednesday night. And I was like... I'm going to just pause what I'm doing because this is so much more important right here, what Samuel is wanting to talk about. So we talked it through, and he had the outline, and, and it was just really neat. So, and again, just, just making it a kind of an open flow. Anytime you want to have a question or share something, we'll drop what we're doing because that's super important. No, thanks, thanks, Lauren. Yeah, just to, to add on that in terms of the convenience factor, we, we'd heard once, and we found it to be true, that as kids get into the teenage years, often when they want to talk is... It's like 11 o'clock at night, and we're tired, and we're like, I just want to go to bed. And yet that's when all of a sudden they become talkative. And so having to shift that of like, okay, this is maybe not exactly what I want to do right now, but this is, this is when they want to talk. And so let's take advantage of this now. So, Okay, so before we go on to the next question, I want to ask you guys, how's the sound? Can you hear okay? Everybody hear okay? Both myself and them? Okay, because as I mentioned, it's kind of a, I'm going to kind of tweak it, especially as maybe as the music gets going in here too. So, okay, I'm going to ask uh, one more question, and then I'll, then I'll see what questions you might have, and then we can go back and forth to the ones I would have here also. Um, how did your instruction change over the years of parenting, either because uh, your kids grew older uh, or you, you learned along the way, and, you, and something that you thought was effective maybe ended up not being, and you kind of changed methods? Anything you'd want to say there as far as what, how, how that changed over the years for you? I can answer that. Uh, when... When we started, obviously it was with little kids, and I have a a list of resources that I have used over the years. It's not comprehensive, but um, a book that I read early on was Leading Little Ones to God and Shepherding a Child's Heart. So that gave me a lot of ideas of what to do when they're little um, to to reach them. But we had a lot of little kid-type devotionals that we would use, and as the kids grew older, that just had to the curriculum that I used or materials that I used had to change. And then eventually I had kind of two different age groups that I would have to, you know, do some for the older, some for the younger. Um, But you kind of just learn along with them. And with homeschooling, we just made um, the first subject that we did was Bible. And so we would... Either, we had lots of different things we would do over the years, but I tried to always make it appropriate for the ages that I had. Um, and I, I do have a list if anybody's interested in my list. <laughs> no, that's great. And we'll, in fact, I have that question written down um, as far as resources, and I'll make sure that we, we get there and circle back to that because I think it would be, would be helpful to hear. Yeah. Anybody else want to speak to that? Other families? Kind of how things changed over the years as far as how you really tried to instruct your kids in the faith in your own home? I think for us, as I think um, Angie and I talked about this, we, we, we just do life with our kids. And I know that sounds like a simple answer, but um, as the kids got older, they were confronted with a lot of the things that we see in the news. We see those things. And so um, one of the things that kind of I did was I, I read very broadly. 
I, I wanted to know what these subjects were that they were interacting with, um, whether it was social media, whether it was you know, the transgenderism, whatever, whatever it was, I, went, I needed to make sure that I knew it. And then I knew how to navigate through that. And so those were discussions that we would have. And it wasn't just like we'd sit around a dinner table and have the discussion. It was oftentimes they would raise the question when we were on a family trip. And we would talk about it for a couple hours, right? Just talk about some current events that they were interested in or something that just, you know, hit them in their, their stage of life. And so we would bring biblical truth into that, into that, that point of the conversation, um, but allow us to sort of, you know, interact and discuss that. Uh, as they were drawing questions, as they were thinking about things, um, it, was, it was more do, doing that kind of stuff than maybe a f- more formalized stuff for us. So. No, thanks. That's, that's good to hear. I, I, I do recall you telling me at one point that uh, for family devotions, you guys actually got a, a little pulpit that you used in your living room. Is that, is that correct? Yes, I would that love was. to hear that story. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we did that. Um, it, was, it was kind of funny. Um, we did it for two reasons. I think uh, we had we, we bought a little kind of little pulpit, and we still have it actually. Um, and what what we did was our kids, um, we wanted them to sort of lead the help lead the family. I, I knew I was raising sons, and so I I wanted them to sort of think about how would you lead our family in worship or the prayer time or. Um, and so they would pick songs, and we'd put it on the TV, and of course YouTube is great for that because they have the words, and everybody would sing along, and we'd worship, and then they would take prayer requests from the family, and they would lead us in prayer, and, uh, and then I would do the devotion, and then um, we'd close in prayer. And so um, it was sort of kind of just helping them understand, getting them in front. Uh, we did it for a practical reason, getting them in front of people so they would learn how to speak, communicate. Uh, so we did it. There was a practical reason, too. So, but it was, it was pretty fun. They had a great time with it. Um, so. You forgot about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, to, uh, to put their public speaking skills to the test, we'll, we'll give Caleb and Jillian a chance to answer a question before we turn it here. Um, no, 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 no pressure on you guys, but so thankful you're willing to, to kind of set up here. And I, I, we'll end up having maybe a couple questions for you here, but the first one I wanted to ask is... Um, what are some of the what are some of the best memories you have with your family in terms of like Bible study, interacting with biblical truth? Are there any things that um, you remember that oh we did this and it was really helpful? I really liked it, or you know just any any favorite memories that way that you'd want to share? Well, uh, kind of like you just said, the pulpit, um, the family car trips are always fun. Like I can't like tell you specific instances, but like I know I learned a lot from everything. So yeah. So you do remember and appreciate that? Yeah. Yeah? Good. Jillian? Our family was very purposeful. Um, We'd all get up in the morning at a certain time, eat breakfast all together, and we went through the daily bread. It's a Bible study. And they they were short, and they were not worded super complicated, and it was very easy to understand. We'd read a story or whatever was in there for that day, read the Bible verse, and then we'd talk about it. And that was a really great time where we were all together. And we just got to do that every morning. Good. Thanks, Jillian. Yeah. Okay, I'll turn it to you guys. What, what questions might you have? And, and I've got a whole list. And so if you don't have any questions, that's okay. We can go more. But what are some questions that you might, you might have? And you can direct it to a particular uh, couple person or just to whoever would like to answer. Any questions there? 
Yes. Thanks, Julie. I'll repeat the question to make sure everybody, everybody heard it. Uh, she was asking, were there times with your kids where you felt their hearts really hardening towards, towards you, towards discipline, towards instruction? And maybe what did you try to do in those times to help soften your hearts? Or for the teens, if either of you want to answer, if you went through periods like that and what your parents might have done. Is that, is that a good summary? Okay. Yeah. Anybody want to speak to that? Yeah. What a, what a great question. Yes, Julie. I actually would. Um, my parents... I've never gone through a super long period of time when I've had a hard heart, but it has happened. And um, they've just brought me back down to earth, brought me in their room and talked to me and said, here's all the things you have and here are all your blessings and everything that you're blessed with. And sometimes even reminded me of gifts that I have that I've been forgetting about and really brought me back down to earth. And that's really helped. Just talking to me and saying, what are you upset about? There's nothing to be upset about. Look at the country you live in and the God you have and everything that has been done for you. Thanks, Jillian. Anybody else want to speak to it? I would say kind of similar to that, that, that it wasn't a big issue with our family normally, but, but there were times when you just get the attitude kind of thing. And I think it was, it was just sitting down with them and just putting life in perspective. You know, we are a family. You are treating me very poorly or your mother poorly or you have a bad attitude toward your siblings or whatever. And just really talking through, you know, we're noticing this in you and it's not good and it's something that we need to work on. Um, And then I can't say that we had a specific process moving forward, but it's really just, you know, on a case-by-case of, you know, if, you know, what, something we noticed was playing video games. If they played video games excessively in one day, you know, a few hours of playing a video game, their whole life would just be consumed after just a couple hours of video games. And so it's like, you know, we can't have this. And so it, it was just kind of trying to isolate what the problem is. If it's, if it's uh, uh, you know, when they were in high school, if it's, you know, if your friends are starting to do this, you know, we need to address this or whatever. But But really just one-on-one saying, you know, we need to know what our priorities are here and, and not, not let this emotion or this, this uh, attitude uh, take control. Yeah. Uh, Kristen and then Ant. Um, one of the things that's been really helpful for us, and we've had a lot of friends whose kids have made poor choices and had the hard hearts, um, and I think one of the most important things to realize is that it's your job to teach. It's your job to be faithful to the Lord and instruct, but it is not your job to, you can't save them. You can't soften somebody's heart. That is their decision. And so it's been really helpful for me and for some of my friends that have walked through this to remember that it's our job to be faithful to the Lord and lead and guide and train. But then pray that 
the child's heart will be softened and that they will follow the Lord on their own because that's not something that we can do for them. So you can't take on the guilt of that. Some people are going to make poor choices. Um, we haven't had any kids get really, really rebellious, but we have seen a few kind of make choices that we wouldn't agree with. Um, and continuing to love them and support them as best we can while not lowering the standards in our household. We still have the same rules. We have the same standards, but we have to keep loving them and encouraging them um, and not not dropping our standards, too. That's important. Oh, thanks, Kristen. Angie, did you want to add anything else? That's what I was going to kind of hit on as well, but I just wanted to say that um, it's okay to back off, too, like if they're doing something that you don't agree with, I think the harder you press, the harder they're going to go the other way. So sometimes I've just had to put my hands up and say, I'm just going to be praying for you and balls in your court. And I'll send them to their room and I'll be like, you need to pray about this. Like, this isn't my heart, it's your heart. And they'll go to the room and it, sometimes they'll be in like two, three hours and they'll come out and usually they're like, oh, they'll, they'll see the light. But if I would have kept pushing, I don't think I would have done any good. So I just, you have to back off and just say, it's all you, you know. Because like she said, it's their heart and God, not you. So that's probably been some of my best advice somebody gave me is, you know, don't, don't push it. And I don't make them go to youth group. I don't make them go, go to church. It's their choice. We're going. You're in the car. Great. If not, that's your choice. And I know at a certain point, when they're little, you don't give them a choice. But when they're in high school, I think they need to start making their own choice. Because Kale's going to graduate, and he has to decide when he gets done. Is he going to go to church? Is he going to honor God? I can't, I'm not going to be there every day. So... And my mom always said you had to win the battles when they're little. And I think that was a good, good message for me because we developed a relationship and a rapport. So now, when they're older, we can talk about things. And they, we have a respect. And um, we can talk about things. And they don't always agree with me, and I don't always agree with them. But we have a respect, we have a base, and we can go from there. So that's my advice is don't push too hard because I think if you do, it's going to backfire. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, Lauren. I'd like to just quickly add something on here, too. Uh, One thing that we've been very deliberate about is addressing the heart as an issue and the attitude as an issue, Um, probably much more than just the obedience. We've tried to make it clear to our young ones that you you can do the right thing with a bad attitude, and it's still the wrong thing. And then you can disobey and have a hard heart. And we've just always tried to really shine a light on that and make it really clear to the kids that, you know, there are your actions, and then there's your attitude, what's going on in your heart. And they're very different things, and you can and should control them both. So we've just talked at length about those things. And I think the younger a kid is when they grasp that idea that their parents and indeed God are, are not just about the obedience. You know, God can see their heart and nine times out of ten parents can too see what's going on inside. And they need to understand that. Thanks. Julie, I was thinking too about a comment actually you made last week at the end of, near, near the end of class. I thought that was just really helpful about at the end of um, the day if you feel like you've even, you know, falling short of things, just, just giving your kids over to God and just praying. And I, and I think that's a reflection of this, of in particular when there's a hard-heartedness of, man, Lord, I, I need you to pursue in a way that I can't. Can I add to something else? Sure. If you're done. Yeah, yeah that's sorry. it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll just add one more thing, because I think you said something about discipline and, and, and uh, when they have those hard hearts, I, I, think, I think the thing that I've seen is, is that... Um, 
in those, in those moments where you can show grace, I think that's where God unloads on your kids when you can practically uh, show them what grace looks like in your home. You know, um, it's not that you're not going to discipline them, but when you can show grace, the love of God just unloads on those kids' hearts, and they melt, and I've seen it over and over again. And so we, we often, we consider ourselves pretty strict parents, uh, if you guys know us, um, but uh, we've watched as God's grace, as, as we brought these practical situations up, um, transform our kids in ways that we couldn't in through our own instruction. We watched the Spirit of God move in our kids as God softened their hearts and molded them into his image because ultimately that's who they are. They're created in the image of God, you know, so. Oh, thanks, Benj. Well, I've got other questions, but are there any other questions that you guys have that you want to ask? Yeah, Audrey. Yeah. So she was asking, yeah, how would you handle, yeah, like if kids are struggling with severe anxiety or depression, um, how would you approach them with that without kind of your own emotions kind of going, is that a fair, fair summary? Yeah, anybody want to speak to that? Yeah, please. If, if you have your own issues with anger, anxiety, depression, you have to get those under control before you approach your kids because you don't need that... Um, negativity or that heightened emotion to be brought into the situation with your kids. They have enough of their own. Um, So I would say, I mean, to take it to a solution, I think some good counseling would be uh, very helpful. And we have kids that have experienced trauma uh, in their early childhood. And I know that for them, it's extra important to not let our issues transfer onto them. They have enough of their own. Um, so we, we have gotten lots of help over the years with those kinds of things. So. But how can you encourage your I would say some good counseling might be in order too. Are they already in counseling? I, I could maybe speak to yeah. one, one part of that. And as far as this is... This is what I've used with, 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 with other people I've talked with and, you know, and, and, and with kids well, at different times. Uh, spending a lot of time in, in Philippians 4, where, yeah, in Philippians 4, and it's, it's a, a key passage that talks, this is for just any of us struggling. Give me just a second to open up here. So in Philippians 4, and we'll start in uh, verse, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Verse 5, let your gentle spirit be made known to all men. Then verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Which, okay, if, if all we do is just command that, like, hey, don't be anxious. Well, thank you, that's not helpful, right? No, none of us know that's helpful. But the passage doesn't stop there. So it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So teaching your kid to 
pray specifically in that moment um, with thanksgiving, which goes back to even what they had mentioned earlier of somebody caught up in a spiral of anxiety and depression. It's often hard to be thankful, but if they can pause and look for specific things to articulate that they're thankful for, kid or adult, that's helpful. And then it goes on. It says, brethren, whatever is true, this is verse, verse 8, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And so we're looking through that list and say, what is true? And are, are you dwelling on what is true? Because in anxiety, what's happening is a person is often fixated on something that may not be true. And, and you can logic through that and they still say, I know that, but I just, I can't get my mind off it. But, but intentionally turning back to what is true. And you can have that conversation with a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old. Like, what are you thinking about? Is it true? What would be the true thing? What can you give thanks for? And kind of working through that process of their thoughts and helping them to learn to do that themselves. Um, there's a lot of things swirling in anxiety and depression. So I don't want to just use that as like the silver bullet. But I, I, I think it can be really helpful. So, can I yeah. say something else? Please. The words tend to not sink in until we can get our physical selves under control. Can you show them how to strong sit? <laughs> Never mind. I'll do it. crossover exercises and you get their little bodies under control and you concentrate on their breathing smell the flower blow out the candle that helps with anxiety but I get my kids in this position especially when they were little and they were having a hard time um, regulating their emotions but strong sitting deep breathing exercises. There's, there's a whole realm of things that you can do like that to help your kids regulate their emotions. But if you can get them in that calm, regulated place before you start talking, they will be much more receptive to hearing what you have to say. If, they're, if their little brains are spinning and they are so anxious that they can't even breathe properly, the words are not going to register in their brains. They're, they're thinking with their... Um, they call it the the animal brain, the lizard brain, the brain stem instead of their frontal lobe processing. So if if they can get their little bodies under control, then they have a chance to get their brains working. So. No, that's that's helpful. I mean, we we recognize theologically that we are we'd say we're dichotomous. We're body and and spirit, and and those two they they fit together in all sorts of ways, and so. Getting kind of yeah, the other body, sometimes that's burning off energy, sometimes that's sitting and controlling that um, can help make somebody more receptive. So I appreciate that. Uh, other questions? We have, about, we have 10 minutes. We have ten, time for a handful of other questions. Any other questions? Yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, so she's asking, what about when your kids are no longer under your authority? They're, they're out of your household, perhaps. They're adults, but you see them go in the wrong direction. Is there anything you can do besides, besides pray? Um, I know that, that, that 
both the Larkins and Aldrins have, have some kids that are, that are grown um, and out of the house. Um, any advice you'd have for that, even if you maybe haven't seen some of those same things or, or perhaps you have? I think as they get older, at least for us, you know, it was more and more they can do more what they want. At, at a certain point, you know, I think it was more or less when they moved out and uh, it was, uh, you know what, I don't necessarily agree with what they're doing, but we have to respect what they're doing. You know, we raised them for 18 or so years and grounded them as best we could. And, you know, we had the, the interesting uh, scenario of we had two kids who were in college under our authority still, more or less. You know, they'd come home and live... Both got married within a year. And at that point, it became not only are they adults, but they are married. And at that point, it's, you know what? Their husband, their, their wife is now their significant influence in their life, and we need to back off. Um, you know, for the most part, I don't think we've seen issues where we've needed to strongly want to say, you're going down the wrong path. Um, but once they're an adult... They are an adult, and uh, and so we have to. We had to give our our two married kids over to their spouses, and accept that. And we can still encourage, um, you know, the 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 parental advice of you know, well, you know, this is what we would do. And and my mom's still for me. You know, she's eighty eighty two, and she still is hardcore. This is what you should do. You don't have to do it. You just have to listen to me. <laughs> and, 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 that was, and, and I think that, in a way, is, is good advice is I'm always going to have advice for my kids. And I would be in the wrong if I didn't keep giving advice to my kids because I have experiences that they don't have. But I can't expect them to take my advice. Um, and I think that's the difference in, in expectation, I think. You know, give, give advice but let it be advice and not a demand from me kind of thing. Thanks, Scott. That's really, really wise. Um, Yeah, Lauren. Yeah, quickly, I would just say, you know, it kind of comes back to that relationship. What we've had to do with our older kids, if they've made a decision that we don't necessarily agree with, basically it goes like this. I love you. I don't really agree with what you did, uh, but I love you. Did I mention I love you? Uh, and, the, and the point is, you know, we're, they're, they're out of our, our control, so to speak. I mean, that's a, that's a harsh word. They're out of our household. And as Kristen mentioned earlier, if they come back into our household, our standards haven't changed in terms of uh, dress, conduct, uh, social media, entertainment, um, language, whatever. We're, we're going to enforce those rules lovingly, but it's still our household. But we recognize when they're outside that household, the best we can do at this point is hope they will listen to our instruction and seek our wisdom. But if we if we do destroy the relationship, if we pull the grenade of judgment and toss it in there, the relationship is gone, and then you have no chance to speak into that life. Mm. Thanks, Lauren. Um, Other questions? Okay, I will ask a question then. Kristen mentioned it earlier, some resources that she has found helpful, and sounds like maybe some, some others to mention there. And I'd just be curious for anybody else, what are some particular resources? It could be a family devotion that you guys used, that the kids like maybe when they were young or older. It could be a parenting book that you read that was helpful. Uh, it could be, doesn't have to be a book, it could be other kind of resource. Any, any other resources that you have found helpful? 
Anybody want to speak to it? Christian, why don't you tell us a few more? Since you had a few others there. Okay. I can email these to people if they want them. And the list is not extensive because most of my stuff is in storage and has been there for two years, so it's just what I could remember. But when my kids were little, I had a couple of different um, Bible storybooks. So they're, they're, it's the Bible, but it's written in ways that kids can really grasp the story. And I would just go through it. So we read through the Bible, not a translation, but those kind of Bibles over and over and over again. And we would do that every day. Um, there's some blue ones, Arthur Maxwell. I had the Eggermeyer's Bible storybook. I have another one that I can't remember the name of it. It's in storage somewhere. Um, one of the things I did with my little, little kids was the ABC Bible verses. So we would memorize A, and I can't remember them now. It's been a long time. Emily, do you remember any of them? Okay. Well, anyway, when they were little, they could rattle off a Bible verse for every letter of the alphabet. And I know that's still in their little brains somewhere. Little brains. Little brains. Um, one of the things that we always did was we made holidays special. There's a great book series. Uh, it starts with Jotham's Journey, if anybody's ever heard of that. But there's a whole series. There's Ammon's Adventure, Jotham's Journey, Ishtar's Odyssey. But they're all about Advent. And so we would start reading those in November, December, and it tells this, the Christmas story through the eyes of a child that was watching from the outside and somehow got involved with the Bible characters. So we tried to always have um, resources like that for each holiday. We had the, the eggs, the resurrection eggs around Easter. We had a Thanksgiving box that told the story of the pilgrims and you know, um, why they came to America, they wanted to worship God. Anyway, all of these resources, if you're a Christian book distributor junkie like I am, you will find on there. Um, we had a Bible study that we did with the whole family, and it was put out by Apologia Ministries, and it had different books for the little kids and different books for the older kids. So it involved the whole family. Um, I don't know. I just got all kinds of stuff. No, that's great. Those are great Go suggestions. Lauren yeah, and wrote a Bible study guide for our family that oh. we did. it. <laughs> no, that's he great. would tell them what verses to read every week, and then they would write out questions or things that stood out to them, and then we would use that in our devotion time. So we were all on the same page, and we just had tons of stuff that we used. No, that's great. And so if anybody's... You're curious to get more of the list? You're okay with them talking to you afterwards and you'll send it along? Yeah, sure. good. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure to get to, to this question before we're, before we're out of time. Um, I, I think it, it can be common for a family, may, maybe hearing this, maybe their kids are getting older and they think, ah, oh, I've kind of, I've, I've missed this window of time. Or maybe they came to Christ later or they're just wanting to take this more serious. But they feel kind of overwhelmed maybe hearing some of these ideas, even the excellent suggestions Lauren had last week. But they hear all those and they think, I don't even know where to begin. I feel discouraged. I feel overwhelmed. Let's say a family's in that spot and their kids are maybe late elementary, middle school. What are maybe two or three things that you would say, 
if you just start doing these two or three things, that's an easy on-ramp, um, maybe some of the most critical things, two or three things that somebody in that spot could do. Anybody want to speak to that? Um, listening to her, I get a little overwhelmed because that, that sounds very organized and very creative, and that's not me. I'm kind of a spur-of-the-moment kind of person. So every morning I try to have a quick five-minute Bible study with the boys, and we do have books that, like, every day gives you something to read, but some days we can't find that book. So I'll just grab the Bible, flip it open, and read whatever it goes to. I don't think it has to be organized, and it doesn't have to be um, specific, and I totally applaud that, and I wish that I was like that. But I think it's just getting in the Word and letting them know that it's important, you know. And sometimes, because we're so busy, that's all we do. That's all we do all day is a five-minute Bible study while we eat breakfast. And I put a little app on their Bible, on their phones. It goes to the Bible, and I tell them, hey, if you're bored in your class, read your Bible. And then I tell them to pray at night. But that is what we can do right this moment. And I think it's okay. And they know that God's important. We go to church. They go to youth group. And I think if you're living it, it's okay just to have little things. It doesn't have to be um, big and grand. Um, and if you have time for it, I think it's great. But just having the Bible handy and letting them know that that's what you really can get into, you know, that's, that's kind of what we focused on. And I think that it's been beneficial. Um, and I'll try to ask them a question in the morning, like, what do we read? And sometimes they don't have an answer because they weren't listening to a word I read. And I'll go, really, I just read this whole thing and you guys don't know what to say. And they're like, sorry, mom, we're tired. And I'm like, okay, so then I'll just read it the next day. And it's okay. So, <laughs> you know, I, I just, just do little things. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. You know what I mean? And something that Benj and I have done is we've, wherever they're at, that's where we volunteered. So we've done the nursery. We've done junior church. Now Benj is working with the youth group. And I think just if you're in their lives um, doing the little things, that's what matters too. You know, um, just kind of knowing who their friends are and um, talking about things. Like that's our big thing is just talk about things because our kids go to public school and they're dealing with a lot of crazy things in the hallways and in their classes and um, if you don't know what's going on, you can't talk to them about it. And um, one of the greatest things we did is last year we got a little inflatable hot tub. And, like, once or twice a week I'll take a hot tub with the boys individually because it's just a two-man tub. And that's where they, like, just start talking and talking and talking, and then we can have great conversations. So my advice is just find times where you can have one-on-one with them and just talk. And I'll say, okay, well, do you want to pray for that person? Or how do you think you should handle the situation better? And it doesn't have to be, um, I guess, so so grand, I guess, because the little things are what matter, you know. And when they were little, we did have devotions and things that were for them as well. But when it gets older, it's hard to find time. So, (laughs) like, I've probably seen the boys like five minutes every day this week. So (laughs) that five minutes, you got to use what you can. So Thanks, Ange. That's really, it's really helpful. So just finding time to get in the Word, even if it's, yeah, grabbing the time you have and just find ways to talk with them. Yeah. 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 Lauren? Yeah, real quick. Um, if, if things are intimidating, I apologize. If we've given the idea that we've had our act together from the time our kids were this tall on up, it, w- it wouldn't be true. Um, there are long periods, long sections where we had nothing scheduled and nothing going. Um, but here's what we did have, and this is what I'd encourage someone in that state mm-hmm. to, to, to fall back on, and that is to just be deliberate in looking for opportunities to discuss your faith and bring it into just the everyday, day-in, day-out stuff like we talked about last week. And, and even when we didn't have something scheduled, there was no morning devotion, and I hadn't done this, and we weren't working through a book or, or whatever, 
we, we always had that as our fallback. The, our faith was just a topic of discussion. Not heavy, not preachy. Like I said, everything didn't come back to a scriptural verse, but we just infused truth every chance we got in all those conversations until the kids are just, you know, they're soaking in it, so to speak. So if, if you're in that place where, you know, what do I do? Where do I start? I would say just begin looking for places where you can insert the truth of God's word and what you know about his word into discussions and conversations and ask those pointed questions to try and figure out what your kids are thinking. And if they've got the truth nailed down, you say kudos to you. That's awesome. If they're thinking something wonky that they heard somewhere else, all right, you step in with God's truth and gently steer that back. Yeah. Thanks, Lauren. That's really helpful. Scott, or anybody um, else want to speak to that? Yeah, I'd, you know, th- this is an area that we probably struggled the most in our family is, is I can't say that we ever had a really a long, consistent period of where we had any particular plan working. Um, and, and my encouragement would be to don't give up. Um, you know, we, we went through Proverbs for a while, and we probably made it through like Proverbs 6. And, and we've gone through a number of devotions, and we make it through chapter 3. And, and there's always, I think you can get overwhelmed with a sense of guilt that you're not doing the right thing. It's like, well, the Reinholds, they do this, and, and the Aldrins, they do this. And why isn't our plan... Did this. You know, our plan was, was more of a, well, let's try this. It worked for a month. Let's try this. It worked for a week. Let's try this. It, and, but I think just living life and being an example is probably just as important of, okay, I'm not backbiting my boss. I'm not uh, talking in front of the kids about how the political leaders are so-and-sos, you know. It's a lot of it is just they're catching it instead of being taught it, and I think that's an important element is is just the family dynamic of spending time with your kids, building a relationship with your kids, and letting them see your life and trying to live your life the best that you can. Obviously, we are all very fallen sinners, um, but don't give up. <clears throat> um, you know, and, and if something works great for a, a period, then great. Um, but 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 just. Keep coming up with things and don't let the guilt of not doing the right thing uh, overwhelm you and, and uh, uh, just take the joy out of your life also. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. That's really helpful. And it's helpful to hear, yeah, from, from, from all of you on that. Because I think my, my guess is we would all have experiences like that where we, we try something or we go through periods where it's falling short. And we come to a parenting panel and we're like, oh, man, I feel even you know, worse. And instead of saying, like, no, these are good ideas. But they've struggled too, and we're entrusting our kids to the Lord. And tomorrow's another day, and I'm going to try. I'm going to try again. I'm going to open the Word and just persevere. So appreciate you guys sharing that. Well, we are we are out of time, and so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. Um, and Bench, if I could, I'm ask you to close in prayer. But if you guys have other questions, you know, feel free to yeah talk to myself or any, anybody up here. And we'll, we've got about another month left in this parenting class. Uh, we'll be meeting in here so that they can have the fellowship or the worship center for practice. Um, but you're welcome to come to the rest of the class as well. Yeah, Ben, why don't you pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for, first and foremost, your instruction that your word provides to all of us. And as parents, it's duly important that, God, that we as parents find ourselves immersed in your truth. For without it, we cannot pass along your truth and, and the legacy of that divine 
love that you have shown through your son to our child, to our kids. So I pray. I pray that, God, that you would help us to remember that. But I also pray that, Lord, that you would help us to remember that we're not perfect. Not only your son is. And that despite our best efforts, God, that uh, we deal with a sinful heart at times in our own lives. And we deal with a sinful heart in our kids' lives. And so, God, I ask that your grace would be more pertinent than ever in all of our families. As we seek to continue to bring our, our kids and our children up in the instruction of the Lord to help them to understand the choices that they make do have eternal consequences. I, I pray that, Lord, that you would help us understand our role as, as a steward of our kids' future and that, God, that we need your grace and your mercy and your love um, to be evident in our lives so it can be shown. I pray for these kids in each of our families. I pray that, God, that you would protect them from the dangers uh, of ideas and ideologies that seek to clash against your word and your truth and seek to violently try to uphold and uproot a family structure. I, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would help us to combat that ideology and, and, and confront that uh, with your truth and your love as, as we fight for our kids' hearts and, our, and their souls. And ultimately, Lord, we hope that at one day they can choose on their own free will to come to you. And that is our ultimate task, is to help them bring them to you, Lord. You do the saving. We do the nurturing. Lord, it's, it's all because of you in that we love you and we praise you, Lord. And we give you the glory of this task that we've been commissioned for. I pray that you would be with all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.